All right, motherfucker, empty the cash register now, motherfucker, and hurry up. Shut the fuck up. Hurry up with that shit. No, 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 motherfucker. Empty the safe, too, asshole. And I ain't got all night. Don't even move. I'm not moving, I'm not moving. Shut up! Move, man. Not shut the fuck up. Hey, don't, don't, don't do that. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. You shut the fuck up. Give me this. Oh. Welcome to the Unnamed Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. This is Damien. And this is Douglas with internet. Listen, I have internet at home. You just should <laughs> use it. <laughs> what, inter- what internet do you have at home? I have uh, one of Jamaica's uh, slash Ireland's premier <laughs> mobile companies. <laughs> do, you, do you have like a handshake noise whenever you use it? Uh, I mean... It would probably work better if <laughs> if I heard the tins rattling on either end. <laughs> I actually have a stable connection. I think what you need is you need to install that VPN system and it oh. might fix it up for you. Oh my god. It's uh, I have access in quotes to the only two mobile companies in the country. And between them I could make an online call or stream a video. Because um, this country is trash, trash country. But we do have a lot of sunlight. So what I did when I didn't have any internet is I went outside. You remember outside, Andrew? Outside is the place that is not your house. Why, why you went outside? To go to the, to, no, to go to the beach, and then I was at the beach and didn't care that I didn't have internet. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you go outside? Who needs to go outside? Because uh, there's no worry. internet inside. <laughs> um, that's when you play a board game. Or you, sorry, or what? you do a puzzle. Or you make a puzzle. Or you go and you cook something very fancy so that it takes you a while. No, So you cook and then you bring that to the beach. And then you sit. And then you're outside at the beach. And yeah, it, it works. You play l- music... As loud as the tiny speaker I have can go. <laughs> and you sit under an umbrella. And then you'd run into the water. And then you run out of the water. And you just do that until it's nighttime. When you're done, do you have internet at home? No. But I still have the beach. <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh-huh. Here's what. I, there's a chance I will get internet. There's no chance you can go outside. <laughs> it's sad how my home life revolves around my internet. <laughs> oh, so, I, this happens every year at this point, uh, where at some point I just don't have internet. 
And every year it happens. My lifelong obsession with downloading most of the internet pays off. <laughs> Where I have no internet, but functionally it doesn't make any difference. Because <laughs> I'm still watching movies, TV shows, and sports. <laughs> but I don't have any internet. So, yeah. I mean, it works. I watched um, Manu be beaten by Barcelona, uh, Eto and Messi goal, and it was glo- oh that fadeaway header from Messi. They're just like Messi can't score against English teams, and in one fell swoop, <laughs> no more talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, have we seen Messi score recently? I feel it's been a few. Days. I mean, we did. He scored a penalty, and then Mbappe this. Destroyed his team. <laughs> <laughs> also watched Jose Mourinho when he was good. At he won a Champions League final mm-hmm. with a certain team, mm-hmm. and it was glorious with, to watch with Inter Milan. Yes. Okay. Because I know it wasn't Chelsea. Was no, it? No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's never Which going one to be Chelsea. Ones? It was um the thin one. What's his name? The uh, thin one. Yeah. That finally won for you. Yeah, won man. Won. Um, I know who you're talking. I just can't remember his name because he was there for like three yeah, seconds. For half a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about Goosey Dink? No. No, no, man. It was. It was a former player. Former yeah, man. Player. It was. Um, he was. He was trash. Yeah, <laughs> but they won the, the but they won the Champions League, League so he like got the yeah he got yeah. like half a season yeah. and then proved he was indeed trash. Yeah. Um, I know who Douglas is talking. I cannot. And remember. I think they they replaced him with Avram Grant. Uh, yeah. But what was his name? D- I can't remember. But I know yeah. I, I see him in my head. Di Matteo. Di Matteo. Yes. yes. Roberto Di Matteo. Di Matteo yeah. was the one that won for you guys. What a stupid Champions League for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the only one worse than that was the first one that Liverpool won. But AC Milan rectified that the <laughs> the, the following year. <laughs> oh my god. Matteo uh, didn't win that one. It was Drogba. I mean, <laughs> ah, yes, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. Drogba yes, won everything. They, they for literally them. fired the coach like three matches before, and all Di Matteo said was, "Please don't lose." And yeah, they won. Di Matteo is just like this. It's been a shit season. They're just like, yeah. "Don't come in this locker room again, sir." And then they proceeded to win the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> you stay outside. It's not for you. <laughs> Anyways, was it that Jose that, that had think, just left? Yeah. Was it Jose? Yeah. I think they finally were fed up with Jose's horseshit and sent him home. No, it wasn't Jose. When did when did I win? Because Jose's first leaving was Rafa came in, no? Oh, then it must have been Rafa that got fired. Yeah. But I feel like that is after. No, it must be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it was after Jose. Mm-hmm. Rafa was after yeah, Jose, yeah. Yeah. Rafa, yeah. yeah, I think it might have been Rafa. Rafa has always followed Jose. I mean, <laughs> to the to no success at all. <laughs> Welcome to the unnamed sporting podcast. <laughs> we can Andrew refused to let us do that. <laughs> We've asked him for years. Unnamed tech podcast? No. Unnamed sports podcast? No. Although it wouldn't be sporting podcast. It would be the unnamed football podcast because <laughs> really the rest of this cast and crew watch only watches. 
I would be the unnamed Premier League podcast. Because <laughs> you guys have a pretension. <laughs> oh my god. You guys. And Andrew doesn't watch NFL. Like at all at this point. Not really. And he doesn't watch the NBA. <laughs> Although his team is doing well. I thought, like, the last time I checked, the Raptors were like a hundredth. <laughs> <laughs> they're like in playoff contention yeah, I, I looked it up once like a couple weeks ago and I'm like oh they look like they're doing trash um, yeah. I've not looked at it since you guys yeah, are in 6th right. you're 6th in the east like you're doing okay. well Okay. Um, it was surprising I just assumed I'm sure, I'm sure by the time playoff time happens like oh, no. we'll be home and then we can actually watch the Raptors no, don't, don't do that don't show don't subject him to bad basketball. There's better teams. <laughs> Show him the most fun team, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I all do, offense, no defense. I do enjoy watching them. Oh, like when so there are times. Uh, and Andrew, me and Damien were talking about um, about basketball before you hopped on, um, and I'm not watching it as much as I should. But if I turn on the television and it says a Nets game is on, I'm turning that on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like show him LeBron so that he has some idea of what greatness looks like, and then show him the Nets so he has an idea of what bad basketball but fun basketball is—the <laughs> funnest basketball. <laughs> I say, what if we get the three best offensive guys we can get on our team? What about defense? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what about defense? <laughs> You know what? I, I keep saying I want to watch more of, and I try whenever I have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, is Zion? Yeah, um, and people are kind of talking about him, like almost like he's good this year now. Oh yeah, is he's he good this year. His team is now? bad. Yeah, yeah, his team okay. is bad, but he's like he was good last year. He was yeah, just he fragile. Was fat. Um, right. I know. Oh no, he's, he's still he's still fat. Yeah, but. He is not so fragile this year. They're just I will, like, I will not have that fat shaming on this podcast. No, he no. is a professional athlete. He should not be fat. No fat shaming on this podcast. But more importantly, we're going to be moving right along into our <laughs> <laughs> um, the film that we're here to talk about. Right. A good football fan is hard to find. Film by Abner Pastol, um, uh-huh. A Good Woman is Hard to Find. Who else is here? It's just the three of us. I have two little kids. We just lost their dad. I don't know where to stash this. So I don't want any part of this. I don't. Nobody knows I'm here. Nobody knows this is here. That's perfect. Five days. I give you a cut. Everyone's laughing. I can't have drugs in the house. So oh. here we lie in this film in which C. Douglas there trying to be like, oh, the trailer ended. I need to stop talking. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the story of this film is a, is a, is a good woman. Um, one, one Miss Sarah, who her husband has recently died and passed away. Um, he oh. murdered. Okay. He's been murdered. Murder. Um, uh-huh. And she is left with her two children. And at the same time, a crazy individual robs a drug dealer. Their two worlds intertwine mm-hmm. as he enters her home and stashes the drugs in her home. 
as mm-hmm. she must now contend attempting to protect her children from this crazy drug dealer thief man. Um, and at the same time, dealing with the grief of her husband's death. Um, Douglas, you brought this movie to the podcast. So please, please give me another synopsis. <laughs> well, uh, my synopsis involves paper, ja- paper bags, mm-hmm. jellyfishes. Um, and no, for this people. movie, not for your mo- not for your life. <laughs> not what you think your life is. <laughs> we need a synopsis for the movie. Yep. So um, this movie sucks. I, I don't. I don't really like this movie. Um, but and what I say is this too is is I need to uh, take a hard look mm-hmm. at myself and my life. And how I select, how I look at movies. Right? I mean, we've been doing hold this for long, you know. Hold on. <laughs> it can't be this movie. This, yeah, it can't be the movie. Uh-uh, uh-uh. This can't be the straw. The straw on my, that broke my back was like a decade ago. <laughs> I was pitching for you not to pick movies. So it can't be this one. Yeah. Right. You're so, explaining how this is the thing. Yes. That has made you question your movie picking prowess yeah and it's not even i wouldn't say it's my movie picking prowess because we know that i mm. as a rule mm. pick great movies. i mean right? as a rule yes <laughs> <laughs> but no actually um what i really mean uh is about how i i look at movies i want to think about to like put in my top 10 list for the year right because um for some for whatever reason, this movie showed up in my atmosphere as a 2020 movie, right? Maybe 2019 was some um, release, some small release, and 2020 was a wide release, whatever it was. Um, but what I do at the end of every year is I will, you know, go through, see what I have watched and think about, oh, is this good or bad? I will also go through various lists by people that say you know these are the best movies of whatever year and clearly i'm a moron because what i'll do is i'll go through and i'll be like oh all of these movies but everybody says that they're good Mm -hmm. Uh, why would i think that why would i try to watch this movie let me go and why would i watch parasite exactly yeah yeah why why not instead go find some random list with movies that i've never heard of Mm -hmm. that says that they are good and that is how I found this movie. And uh, didn't end up being able to watch it for 2020, but shoved it in the list to say, hey, because for whatever reason, I don't know if I watched the trailer or if I probably watched the trailer. Um, and the story itself sounded like, hey, this could be a great film. Um, this, like, at its best is a made-for-TV movie. Uh, this... What was the bill of sale? The the goods that were sold to me is not what is in this film, right? Um, they they try very hard to make a lot of this movie seem quite sinister, and it just doesn't work. Uh, there are a few small moments, sure, but overall, this movie is is tame as hell, and they don't. There actually is a lot of potential for, for some serious uh, moviness in here. There, is, there are potential Korean moments, which, as always, are not um, 
uh, are not jumped upon. There are potential grindhouse, just schlocky genre potential moments, which again are not done. I will say that there was one thing that they did that they got a little bit right, kind of like, I would say 65% right in the end of this movie that involves um, shooting and mm -hmm. shooting through certain objects that, fine, but they could have do still done it better. There was not enough splatter for my liking. Um, but this movie just, it, it was vanilla, right? So, so Andrew, you explained exactly what this movie is. This woman, um, she has a family. She was married to a fellow, but he died before the movie starts. Um, under what is clearly mysterious circumstances because he was murdered and nobody know why or what for and he seems to have some sort of past because you know he probably grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and people think he's a drug dealer or whatever right um, and it's clear that she kind of ran away with the boy and her her mother has, she has a strange relationship strained relationship with her mother and all of that is, you know, kind of thrown into the mix of this movie. And none of it is really used, I think, for, for full effect. It's used, but perhaps not in the best way possible. Uh, but at the end of the day, this movie is, could have been so good. It, it could have been this great, it could have been upgrade, right? It could have been, um, it, it, it could have been. It was I a contender. It could have. Yeah. <laughs> he could have. He could have done it. He could have yeah. made his chance. So, but he never and got I it. Saw the Devil are two two um, parallel universes of movie that this was. But it, it just it, it never hit any of the high points. It never it never got anything right. And uh, just the the mediocre nature of this makes it even worse. I'd almost prefer for it to be horrible. Because this movie is not horrible. This movie is fine. But... Radio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that makes it all, all the worse. Because you kind of have to sit down in this mm -hmm. just clean... Hoping movie. for a better movie yeah, the whole time. for something more. Yes, <laughs> uh, but that, those are my views. And just to, just to show you, I had to try and remember what, what this movie was about, what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I looked in my notes to, to kind of say what is in my notes. Here mm -hmm. are my notes for this movie. Yeah, man. That's a lot. That's my a notes, lot are, notes it's literally empty. I, I typed in the, the title of the film and obviously had no reason to make mm -hmm. a note of anything. That then got bored and got went, bored. no. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't need no notes. You guys can, you know, go through your emotional journey. Andrew, tell us how much you like this movie. <laughs> I don't like this movie. <laughs> um, but I don't know if I'd go so far. You're supposed to be able to empathize with, you know, her trauma or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, you know, the worst part about it is on that side is that I'm more of the ilk where watching this movie, I was more like, I don't want to see this rather than empathizing with her pain. Mm -hmm. um, especially when it gets to a certain scene involving the sun, mm -hmm. right? Um, where, like, 
first of all, this movie is, as Douglas put it, it's fine. Like, the problem I have with it is it feels as if someone is basically riffing on all of these sorts of crime stories that we've seen done a way lot better. It feels like the effective of a a first student film script. Where they're like, all right, I have like the crazy bad guy who does the English things where he's like constantly telling these people he's going to murder how they need to make their grammar better. And that's kooky and weird and funny and dark and cool. People would like that. I have this woman who seems perfectly plain. And then by the end of the movie, I'm going to have her murdering things. And Mm -hmm. people would like that. And then you have this drug guy and he... And there's some tense scenes in there where, like, he's breaking in and you can see the power dynamic between the woman and him. Um, and, like, it feels like they have, like, the the ideas of these sorts of um, just crime movies, almost as if they're trying to rip together Scorsese and um, the Coen brothers at the same time while making it UK, making it British. Um and it never really felt great. It, it, like, you could take any one of those pieces and, like, put in a small scene of it to show, like, the best thing he put in. And you might say, like, hmm, that, like, has promise. Like, I might want to, like, see what more you can tell me about these characters and about this story and these scenes. Um, but when he's done the whole movie, like, you're kind of like, I think this would have been better off, like, as a short film if he did this as, like, a... 12 minute short 15 minute short film where he he basically cuts it down to like the best bits that he has and just amplifies the ridiculousness in them um but this movie as it is it's just over long it's boring it's not really good in any way like it's it's just blur is what it is it's just like I watch this movie and I'm just like oh Douglas you have once again been trapped by a good trailer somewhere (laughs) um and uh, i also question how is this the one that makes you question your movie picking (laughs) like we've gone through this before i think we even did a whole bit last year where we're like looking through the spreadsheet and we were like (laughs) yeah douglas did us real dirty last year (laughs) um so yeah this movie is not for me um it's it's just not not great like no. Damien, please tell me someone like this right. horseshit. So there are there are some promising things about this movie. Uh at the at the start of the movie, they they have these two characters. They have the path cross literally. Like they walk past each other, but it's clear they don't know each other. So um, you see her and you see the two kids and they explain the situation and they make whether or not her husband um, was involved in shady things ambiguous. They explain it at the end, but in the at the start of the movie, it is not clear whether or not the husband was involved in uh, drugs or uh, crime of any nature so you know because the police aren't investigating uh, her husband's murder and it's insinuated that uh, yeah because he's a criminal and then you see, she's walking back and 
then the movie switches perspectives. It is now to um, Tito, I think is his name. Yeah, Tito. Yeah. And you see Tito go and basically stake out these drug dealers and then he finds a car and he uses the car to um, run into the back of the drug dealer's car and steal some drugs and runs out. And he runs, of course, to her house and he hides the drugs there. And then that is when my brain started to do the thing of what uh, we do with all movies that mm -hmm. allow this to happen mm -hmm. is you start hoping for Korea. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I kind of see what you guys are up to. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, this is Britain, but let's see how much Korea you can put in this movie. <laughs> and it starts and she allows him to come there because uh, they paint her as timid and weak. And he hides the drugs. He comes back for the drugs. And you're like, all right, it's a one-time thing. How are you guys going to stretch this out? And what they do is have him continuously come back to the house. And you go, all right, if he's going to continuously come back, that is where the, the danger will be. This will be the crux of the story. And at the start of the movie, they already seed in your mind because you see her washing blood off. So you know something terrible happens at some point. So you're now trying to like move, look ahead. You're just like, all right, what is this movie trying to do? Where's everything going? Et cetera, et cetera. And as you and Andrew have said, the movie squanders this opportunity. It does nothing. What happens is uh, she, at some point, decides that she wants to take drugs, which at that point I'm like, so is this movie saying that her husband was a drug dealer because she seems enamored with it. And then it does the movie couple thing where one of the small children is the reason that she does. I'm like, you, you don't, movie, you don't get to the, put in these kind of cliches in if you're not going to do anything with them. I mean, what are you trying, what are you trying to say about this person? If she's so timid, why would she be taking drugs? And then you're like, you know what, never mind. And then the child, finds the thing open and he's playing with the drugs and you're like, all right, this is going to be, you know, the catalyst to bring me to Korea. He's going to come, say that some of the drugs is gone and this is where the Korea is going to come. And the movie is just like, oh, damn I know that's what you want. But we're not about that life. And he tries to force himself upon this woman as payment for drugs that he stole. And then the movie does a, a thing where there's a knife and she stabs him. And that is just, that is how that whole situation is revolved. She, he doesn't torture them. He starts giving her money for no reason. She's spending the money and buying wine for no reason. She's not contacted anyone or the, I understand that they established that she doesn't trust the police. But the reason the police aren't investigating her thing, she would have understood that it's because 
they think he is a criminal. But if you go to the police and say, someone is trying to murder me at my house, the police is at, they're going, because if I, they, he broke a glass and the police showed up. So she could have, but like, all right, movie logic, fine. He dies, and then you're just like, there's still a 45 minutes left in this movie. What is the rest of this movie? He's dead. So what happens now, movie? Because the thing you said was going to happen at the start of the movie, we're now in the middle. It has happened. What is the resolution to this movie? And then the movie takes a swift turn into being the stupidest thing. <laughs> like, it's just a series of dumber and dumber and more unbelievable situations. And at the end, they're just like, hey, uh, now that she killed this raperer, she's now going to... Also, she happens across the man that killed her husband, which was, I mean, movie. It, I just thought you called him a rapier. Oh. Uh, and I, mean, I um, am like... Yeah weird you're not you're not wrong uh, <laughs> when she when the son sees that the guy is and then the only question she asks his son is if that's the guy that murdered your father uh like that's not the question you'd ask the reason he ran is because they're scary men <laughs> like there's a garbage truck that doesn't hit him. So much stupid shit happens. <laughs> that by the time the movie ends, and she's just like, I, I mean, you know, you know when a woman is serious and ready to kill people is when she puts on lipstick. I mean, that's why I don't date women that wear lipstick. Because they're murderers. Uh, like the movie, like Douglas said, at some point, they started to indulge in the splatterhouse nature, and then they just don't. It's like, all right, listen, if you're going to paint her as, oh, she got her first taste of blood, and now she's going to go around and become the equalizer, basically. <laughs> you know, Queen Latifah is the equalizer. <laughs> uh, but this movie is... Uh, disappointing. No team played hard in this movie. I'll say. Um, some of the acting is real bad. Real, real bad in this movie. Uh, but it's not like it is nowhere near one of Douglas's poorest attempts. But that doesn't mean anyone should watch this movie. Um, the movie. It explains some things and then other things. It's just like, we don't care. Listen, it's a movie. Just, just make it up for yourself. I don't, we don't care. Um, how do men break into the house and talk to her with her mother there? And the mother is just like, I didn't hear anything. Were you talking to somebody? The just door, like, moving no, open. not today. Then the door is open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the door is open. Mm -hmm. So when he said that, I'm like, is this where the career... Like, there was hints mm -hmm. that real things could happen in this movie. And at every turn, the movie is just yeah. like, yeah. no. So, I wonder sometimes if, like, there are drinking games around this podcast where, like, people take drinks every time we say Korea. 
Korea Velociraptors. Yeah. Um, what else? What else is a good one? Uh, FTM. FTM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both teams played hard. <laughs> uh, they'd be dead. <laughs> uh, that's why we don't have any listeners anymore. <laughs> they did that once. I know they're dead. <laughs> or in some clinic recovered from <laughs> alcoholism. <laughs> Uh, this movie is a waste of time. That's what this movie is. Uh, mercifully, it is not very long. It is about an hour and a half. Um, and the, the thing about this movie is none of it feels real. Her children feel like props. The bad guys feel like props. Like, none of it. There's no stakes in this movie. And it really does drag down the, ov- the overall... Pro- like... You, I never felt afraid for her one time in this movie. And you need that if you're going to sell that she's some timid person that transformed basically into a velociraptor. No, no. I, I, I'll, take, I'll take that from this movie. Like, I don't think that's true. Like, I felt like that whole first half of the movie where she is this timid person. Like, I, I bought, like, even when the, the eventual culmination of the relationship between the drug dealer and her um, came to its head, like, that was a tense scene. That was, like, a, a frightening play out for all of those things that happened in those moments for me. Um, I just didn't think, like, it warranted the move. Like, it was such a small moment to a movie that was filled with empty moments, right? That it... Like, you're like, all right, cool. They got one 30-second bit tense. But at the same time, I also didn't care for that. I was just like, I I was like looking away, just being like, no, this is not the, the trauma porn I need today in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, but Andrew, like, I understand that you, you felt that, but I didn't see, like, the movie didn't show me any like she let him in the first time and then kept letting kept letting him inside of the house like i didn't see where he like he said that he was going to do things to her like he held the knife or whatever but then the movie cuts to him just being in the couch all the time and she spending the money like she wasn't at any point you know apprehensive about you like the movie should have shown me her actually struggling with the decision to keep him in and show him like actually being menacing and maybe that's a fault of myself maybe maybe i became as ted lasso likes to put it i became the goldfish Ah. And I would come into those scenes forgetting everything oh. and just playing it from the beginning where I'm like, oh my God, there's this man in the house. Mm. <laughs> um, and sure, like, I do think that this is a poorly written film overall. Like, the, the characters aren't as well... Like, the best characters in this movie are the most cartoonish characters where they're not developed in any way. They're mainly just their own selves that never change. Specifically, like, the the crazy, as I say, the, the crazy murdering British man who corrects people's grammar. Like, that's the most ridiculous character in this movie. And he's, he is, like, in another movie, you could see him standing out and having a fun-ass time, right? 
Um, but in this movie, that's a poorly written movie. Like you end up seeing him and you're just like, well, there's only so much time I can enjoy with you now. Yeah, really Anywho, this, 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 this movie is bad. It's a bad movie um, that Douglas Pick continuing his strong legacy of bad movies. It might be my favorite movie Douglas has picked. <laughs> That's, you're just being mean. You want to know why, Damien? Why? Because it makes him question his decision-making finally. You know oh. he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a lie he's, he's telling himself. Douglas is not questioning anything. <laughs> All right. Um, moving along, to continue our Ja Janke um, marathon, we're here to discuss his debut film from 1998. <laughs> I'm listening to that clip now and I'm like, that definitely is not the movie Xiao Wu. I heard some Kung Fu sounds in there. I'm like, that was not that movie. I heard that too. But, you know. um, so this film um, premiered in 1997, um, played a lot of festivals. It was the, the first film from Ja Janke. He The film is about a pickpocket by the name of Ja Wu, who is in a, in, a, in a China that is starting to crack down on crime in a special way. And we follow him along as he watches the world around him. His world of pickpockets sort of start go to the land of legal. Um, stop being criminals and start working in stores and doing other things with their lives. And he continues along his path. He encounters many people along the way. And he, we watch basically his demise as he refuses, unlike his friends, to change. Um, Douglas? Yes, sir. Why don't you start this off? Yeah, um, so this movie, <sighs> I feel that this movie is a movie in parts, right? Um, similar to the first one, but a lot less so, because the first movie we, we spoke about, Still Life, had three actual separate stories. Um, with at least two sets of different characters, right? Where it was clear um, this fellow's intention was, I am going to tell more than one story and I suppose somehow connect them or not, right? This movie was, uh, by comparison or contrast, a movie that felt like it was segmented but was actually uh, a, a story that, um, I don't even want to say it, it did flow from beginning to end because it had some some hiccups here and there. But essentially, you could follow from beginning to end as one um, one narrative of um, one key uh, set of characters, and of course, centered around 
the title character, Zhao Wu, right? Uh, so for me, it felt like there was segment one, which was the wedding segment, and I actually liked that segment. Uh, so as Andrew said, the place where we are located is, or at least let's just say all of China, because I don't even know if this is just that, that one place, but somewhere, right, in the world, um, they're cracking down on crime. Uh, but they're making such a big deal out of it that it almost feels like, and um, I'm, I'm going to, you know, kind of live in cartoon world for a moment, but it honestly almost feels like they didn't have laws before this happened. <laughs> the way that they're like, they're saying, hey, listen, we have this, this like time period where anybody who is committing crimes, you guys need to give yourself up because otherwise, trust me, we're going to catch you. And we're So I can answer your question here, Douglas. <laughs> I can answer that question. Um, this movie is actually set in the backdrop of the transfer of sovereignty over Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. um, so what it is, is not necessarily that there were no laws or there were no... It's just a whole new unit of policing is coming in and they're making it clear that we're not okay with this crime. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so previous people were there and they were like probably doing something, but the pickpockets were getting away with it. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, they don't give a shit because... You know, they're not us. They're not our nation. They're just the colonizers in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's the answer to your question as to why you're like, why do they now care about crime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I figured it had... Um, there was obviously going to be a real explanation. I just enjoyed my cartoon explanation because it literally... like They're like, listen, guys. We know you were like doing crimes before, and people seem to be okay with it, but we're not okay anymore. <laughs> and they made such a. It wasn't even like once they said it. Throughout this whole time, the whole movie they're talking about. Um, and so, as Andrew says, there, you don't necessarily see the transition, but you see the aftermath of the transition of a lot of these people who were pickpockets or other petty criminals who have now become somewhat legitimate. And there is one fellow in particular who, uh, for the purposes of this conversation, let's call him Elon Musk, has become the Elon Musk of um, Hong Kong. Um, he is, uh, I'm sure he's actually not that well off, but but the way that they portray him on television and so is he's you know one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the place right and he's getting married and there's this whole conversation this whole situation about how he's getting married and he's inviting all sorts of people it's going to be a huge wedding but you know what fuck joe i'm not inviting that guy and um the whole first third of this, actually, it's probably 20 minutes to a half an hour, is about that whole setup where um, Zhao Wu is not invited to this wedding. And you discover a little bit about the history between the two of them. And um, there is actually a confrontation where 
they get together and essentially hash it out to be like, yo, what the hell? Um, and I actually quite enjoyed that piece of the movie. The rest of the movie, however, was not as enjoyable. Uh, so there is a second, st a second segment, which I consider the love story, where Zhao meets uh, a young lady who works at a karaoke bar, uh, which I assume is a little more than a karaoke bar, and uh, you know, falls in love, and uh, all sorts of, of, of shenanigans take place. And um, because of how much I didn't like the rest of this movie, I stopped counting the segments after that. <laughs> but um, you know, it really this movie does follow um, Jawu through through the, the story until it eventually ends, and um, there are various re repercussions for all of his actions, right? Um, but what I will say, and I mentioned to you, Damien, that there was a particular song that I wanted to talk about on this podcast, mm -hmm. and here is why: Damien White. Yes, I know you have not watched this movie because you are sans internet. No, no, no. I was going to say unprepared. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that too, yes. <laughs> you know, Correct. just chronically unprepared for this podcast. I'm, I'm very disappointed in you, sir. I apologize. But so here is how I will describe this film to you. This film is most deaf Miss Fat movie. <laughs> it really is. Like that it is I hate how much that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that is nonsense. Like all rap videos, it is nonsensical. Like while I was watching this movie, mm -hmm. and this is this is um one of the things that 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 made me like get back into it. I was like, wait, hold on. Well, uh, hang on a second. At least What's we know the here? ultra song for this episode. <laughs> yeah. I I would be very disappointed if Andrew does does not have that. <laughs> I don't have that cue. I could. <laughs> But, but if you follow the story of this movie, forget the first segment, because the first segment mm -hmm. is an actual thing that's good. After that, right. this man mm -hmm. finds a girl in a karaoke bar, right. falls head over heels for her. Right. Um, she, they like, there's beepers involved, and they're you know, together for a, 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 um, not a long time, but a fun time. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, she's vanishes mm -hmm. um and like can't find her he's looking for her everywhere mm -hmm. and then he finds out mm -hmm. you know what's happened to her she's just gone and, and mm -hmm. you know some random people have taken over literally this movie is the mm -hmm. personification yeah, of that that song so like mm -hmm. and i have to tell you like when i finished watching this movie yeah. You proceeded. I proceeded to to listen to that song. So in, she came with the same side game. <laughs> I loved it so much, and I forget sometimes how much how good certain things are, like music and, and like most of most of is amazing. And in particular, that album. I don't know that he's ever uh, reached the heights of that album. I mean, the Black again. Star no, album. After after oh, oh, that no, album. No. And also, I'm yeah. not sure that I would put Black Star. To that yeah. level, maybe. I mean, Ooh. I own Black Star as well. Uh, but the, the thing is, I haven't listened to Black Star in a long time too. So maybe we can we can have this yeah. argument a little later, yes. right? Yeah, I know it's not the time. But um, um, this most F is so good that I intended 
I only intended to press play on this one song oh, no, because no. I missed it yeah. and it reminded me of the yeah. song and I was going to then do something else. I proceeded to listen to at least 75% of this album because I don't think I got to the end, but I got to like a very close to the end. And this, this is maybe what, track four, track five mm -hmm. in the album. Yeah. So yeah, I love most of um, or, or Yasin Bey as he wants no, to call himself. No, I don't care what he wants to call himself. <laughs> <laughs> the good albums were under the name <laughs> the most definite. <laughs> oh, but but yeah, this movie is not well. It, it's not my particular cup of tea. As I said, I really enjoyed the first the first piece of it. Um, there were a lot. There were a few things in it that that you know it started to meander after quite a bit of time after that segment. Um, the one thing that really stuck with me, though, on top of in addition to this this movie clearly stealing from a future song to be created um, was there was a situation so I was talking about Jawu and this and Elon Musk right um, there's a situation where apparently Elon Musk and Jawu used to work together they used to steal together and they were like the best of friends and they made a pact, or at least Jawu promised. Mm -hmm. He made a promise to, to Elon Musk that whenever you get married, I will give you as a present three and a half kilograms worth of weight in cash. I'm going to give that to you. Mm -hmm. and Seems reasonable. Exactly. It's what yeah. I've asked from both my co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give you seven pounds worth of dollar coins. I'll yep. give you that. Yeah. I mean, um, I just I all coins. All all metal. Listen, I'm not in it for the I'm in it for the week. <laughs> <laughs> but so um he clearly feels hurt, but he's going to um, you know, go to this man and talk to him and he actually brings his it's not three and a half kilograms of, of cash anymore because he says he, he he's talking to his other friend and he's justifying his decision not to uh, make his promise it's because he's giving him you know more valuable money like hundred one versus single one right and because at the time when he made the promise they never have the hundred one at the time so mm -hmm. clearly one hundred one is like worth two kilograms of one one or something like that. I don't know. Um, so he goes to Elon Musk. <laughs> and they have this argument. And um, essentially, I can't remember if they said it, but it's made clear at some point that Joe, that Elon Musk is like, listen, I'm not inviting Joe simply because he's still a thief and I don't want nobody to like make that connection with me. And... Joe leaves money with him. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm leaving you your present because you're an asshole and I'm running away. And he runs away. And then later in the movie, like somebody brings back his money. Like in the same envelope, he's like, the Elon must have won this That's dirty money. <laughs> and for some reason, right? I don't know why I'm explaining all of this because it really don't matter. But for some reason, the thing that like I just didn't understand, like I, I thought was so weird and ridiculous. Joe says to this messenger, right? I can't remember exactly what it is. Some like, you know, you know what? You, you need to go and tell Elon Musk that this, that, and the other, and, and you, know, you know, how dare he or whatever it is. And the messenger runs away, and I think that's the end of it. Five minutes later, the messenger comes back, 
and says, I told Elon Musk what you told me to tell him. And he says to me to tell you oh, to fuck off or something like that, right? Um, and I nearly died because why, why are that? we playing? Why did, why did that person feel the need to actually say anything to, to the fellow? Right, mm -hmm. um, and why are we going back and forth? Right. What world do we live in where this is a thing that actually happens? But what the hell, Damien? This you movie is not so hot. You're saying the movie is great? It's not so hot. Damn it. Um, it has its moments, but it's not so hot. Andrew, so I should watch the first part, yeah, and then do the Pete Holmes <laughs> one 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 joke in my head, and then listen to Miss Fat Booty, and he said that's the equivalent of watching this. Pretty much. That sounds right. Pretty much. I'll send it to you and I'll go home. Okay. Yeah, he's, no, no, he's Andrew. doing hand signals. Yeah? <laughs> Strike a pose. Both. <laughs> so I tried to hand over to Andrew yeah. and then not say anything yeah. and try to talk to Damien silently yeah. while Andrew talks but on the podcast. This is where the video problem comes yeah. in. Right? Yeah. Remember yeah. last week when I was walking away? Because yeah. right? I have wireless headphones. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, no, but then you guys were like, no, don't leave me here. <laughs> we can't see you not paying attention. <laughs> um, so yeah, this movie, I completely and utterly disagree with Douglas. Oh, wow. Um, this movie is fantastic. It is end-to-end -end, um, greatness. It is, it's, it's one of those movies that like, all right, let me, let me roll that back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I think I'm conflating because Douglas said bad things about the movie. Mm -hmm. right? He told me that the second half bored in him. I'm just like, no, you're wrong. Um, I, this movie reminds me a lot of um, French films. Um, it, does, it does the same thing in which, like, it, instead of deciding on a story in which you are watching a character who goes from, like, problem to resolution to problem to antagonism to resolution at the end it is literally one of those films in which you are watching a character be himself for 90 minutes i think it's a little longer than that um and and the world changing around him and him refusing but then the world fighting back at him and it's one of those movies where I find it fascinating to watch this character just exist the way he does while the world is completely changing around him. Um, he talk, Douglas talks about the wedding, the wedding story in this movie, and it has all of those things that are great, but more importantly, it's, the, it's another example of the world changing around him in ways he didn't expect while he continues to be he, himself, his thieving self. Um, his best friend that he was supposed to give money to is now shunning him because the world around him has changed. And while this friend has moved on to do other things with his life, he's continuing to be a thief. And the world has told everyone to realize that he is no longer a good person to deal with. Um, and it's just a large example of that. And the movie itself does this continuously as it moves on, moves along with the second half of this movie as it talks about the the romance story that Douglas is talking about. Um, now, the young lady that, that um, he falls in love with, as Douglas uh, alludes to, is a little bit more than just a karaoke girl, 
right? I mean, it's 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 played in a way in which he's basically paying for her to hang out with her with him. So maybe she's not like having sex for money, or maybe at least not in this scene. I don't know what else she what other services she provides, but it definitely makes it feel that way. Like if there like there's a there's a price tag somewhere where that would happen. So um, or can, maybe can I have the answer really isn't that original. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe there's a different girl who's in the in the in the in the um in the store in the in the karaoke bar that would off I don't know but but they definitely make it clear that this is a a monetary transaction um and he decides to fall in love and it it feels very much like if we were to put this in like a Scorsese film where he is it's a gangster story and these and all of these things are played out the, all of these characters exist in this world but imagine a, a scorsese movie in which um ray liotta is existing in this world with these people but we move along 30 years to when all of these people are gone but ray liotta is still trying to ray liotta the rest of the movie um and i find it genuinely fascinating and i mean to to talk about the the movie we discussed last time, Still Life, the, I think the best thing we we had to say about that movie was the cinematography of it, and how everything looked in that movie. And I feel that that compliment for me comes over like threefold for this film. And it's not so much that we have a movie in which um, we are seeing all of these great large landscapes where things are just pitch perfect and looking just gorgeous, but this is more of that grimy look that I love. This. 16 millimeter shooting film which it comes off in a in a color scheme that feels like it was just brought from the 70s alive and i love it um the movie is gorgeous the characters are wonderful and i love the way that this movie resolves itself with a, a scene of him handcuffed outside on the street and a mob about to almost attack him like this movie is like this is a movie where I watch this and like, all right, cool. I want to watch more of this guy's movies, um, and I look forward to Damien watching this movie and this telling time. and telling me and telling me that I'm right and Douglas is wrong. I mean, the problem I had with the first one is that that movie was him in XS. He like clearly no one told him to stop, and so he didn't stop. So hopefully if he tells any kind of story in this one. Because, <laughs> we, I mean, I know he can direct. We saw that with the last one. But boy, boy, that's a story I don't want to watch again. <laughs> again. Um, uh, and Douglas, I mean, Douglas was smiling at some bits that wasn't the first part. So clearly Douglas didn't have himself a terrible time. But... Uh, and Andrew has lied about these types of movies a lot in the past. When movies come from faraway lands, and Andrew knows hey, it was poison. Ecstasy, coke, you say it's love, it is poison. School's where I learned it should be burned, it is poison. Physicians prescripting us medicine, which is poison. Doctors injecting our infants with the poison. Religion misunderstood, it's poison. Niggas up in my hood be getting shot, giving poison. In hospitals, shots riddled the block little. Children and elderly women run for their lives. Drizzling rain come out the sky. Every time somebody dies, must be out my fucking mind. What is this, the hundredth time sending flat? 
flowers to funerals, reading rest in peace. You know the usual, death comes in threes, life is short as what some niggas said. Not if you measure life by how one lives and what he did. And funny how these black killer companies is making money off us. Fast food, cola, soda, skull, and bone crosses. It's all poison. Ecstasy, coke, you say it's love, it is poison. Schools where I learn, they should be burned, it is poison. Physicians prescripting us medicine, which is poison. Doctors injecting our infants with the poison. Religion must overstood, it's poison. Sisters up in my hood, try to do good, giving choices. When pregnant, drop out of school, I have abortion. Stop working, hoping that they...